0: This week in KMA Land, Page County keeps Samuels Group as jail construction managers. Red Oak officer-involved shooting investigated. Red Oak Housing Project moves forward. Rural Main Street Index paints gloomy economic picture. And KMA Land residents remember JFK's assassination 60 years later. I'm Mike Peterson. With the passage of a major bond issue this month, Page County officials are keeping a consulting firm on board for construction of a new jail. At its regular meeting Tuesday morning, the county's Board of Supervisors unanimously approved a construction manager contract with Samuels Group to primarily oversee the pre-construction, construction, and eventual occupation of a new 19,700-square-foot facility constructed on the south side of Clarinda, the Page County farm just off Highway 71. The move follows the passage of a $16.7 million bond issue with almost 68% of the vote earlier this month. Supervisor Todd Maher expressed confidence in Samuels Group's ability to perform the job. While well, acknowledging there is a fine line of what can be negotiated, Mayher adds he wants to see the project move forward efficiently. We talked to all
1: architects. We talked to all these different people and got different bids and went with Samuel's group. And I
2: just, I, I, don't think we need to be changing horses in the middle of the race now. That's just my good. feeling. I just think that, you know, they have got
0: a group of people that they are comfortable with working with and They the what research I've done on them, they seem very knowledgeable and know what they're doing. Supervisor Judy Clark echoed a similar sentiment to get the project moving forward. Greg Wild is a project development manager with Samuels Group and has assisted the county in the initial concepts and planning for the jail. Wild says their fee on the construction manager contract was reduced slightly from 3% of the total project cost after a phone call with Supervisors Chair Jacob Holmes earlier this week. We did revise the
2: contract yesterday and I sent that to everyone. Uh, all the board members and the county attorney and the sheriff yesterday, uh, and that fee was reduced to 2.9% for a uh, construction management fee.
0: Holmes added that even the 1% reduction knocked off roughly $14,000. Additionally, Wild says the reimbursable costs listed, such as travel expenditures, Have all been factored into the $16.7 million voters approved. That
2: would have been in the subtotal costs for construction per square foot at $12,789,371.06, because those are considered construction costs.
0: Mayher and Wild noted that even costs can fluctuate and even decrease. Wild notes the plan is to eventually have a site manager in the county to reduce those travel costs. Previously, Wild also suggested having the county hire Venture Architects to help with the final design and bid letting for the jail. However, while acknowledging they must make a timely decision, Holmes says he wants to see at least two or three bids in the architecture work before moving ahead with Venture. You only have one bidder.
2: There is no reason to really behave. I mean, it's price. I mean, you're going to put things as high as you can. I mean, that's business. So we need two bids, three bids, something to make sure everybody... Knows they might not get it. So if we have three capable bidders that are that are, are qualified, then they're going to be that bid's going to be as fair to the taxpayers as it uh, can possibly be.
0: Wild says he would provide a few other firms capable of performing the work in the proposed time frame and their associated fee range and flexibility. Wild adds, whatever architect the county hires could alter the initial concepts put forward by the Samuel's Group, but Holmes says he would like to see any changes come before the board. Wilde adds the hope is to complete the facility within the next two and a half years. State officials investigated an officer-involved shooting in Red Oak this week. The Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation says an officer made contact with a male subject outside a residence at 310 Broad Street shortly after 3.30 Sunday afternoon. Authorities say the officer was investigating the subject for operating a vehicle without a valid driver's license. Following a physical struggle with the officer, the suspect escaped entered his vehicle and allegedly drove toward the officer in a reckless manner. DCI officials say the officer fired his weapon, striking the subject, causing a serious but non-life-threatening injury. The suspect was taken by ambulance to Nebraska Medicine in Omaha for treatment. The DCI is investigating the incident. Authorities say the investigation continues and no further information has been released. Efforts to finance a new housing subdivision and new fire truck in Red Oak moved forward this week. On Monday night, the Red Oak City Council set a public hearing for its December 4th meeting on entering into a general obligation loan agreement to borrow no more than $3.7 million dollars. Chip Schultz is with Northland Public Finance and has been providing his guidance for the council on financing options for the Studio One Townhomes project proposed on the north side of town. Schultz says the potential financing would cover various items for proposed housing project and a new pumper truck for the fire department. That reviews
1: the broken down uh, infrastructure costs for both phases of the housing project. And includes estimates for engineering construction administration beginning in row 11 and then it assumes the fire department uh, pumper truck at a cost of a million dollars.
0: Plans call for the construction of 33 townhomes in phase one of the project located near 4th Street and Ratliff Road. As part of the application for a workforce housing tax credit through the state, the city pledged over $1.2 million to fund the addition of the necessary public infrastructure. Based on GEO Engineering Service estimates for the city's portion and cost to the pumper truck, Schultz says the city would have roughly a $430,000 cushion with unused proceeds capable of going to various purposes.
1: What you'd be able to do with those proceeds then, Identify other purposes that are authorized Mm -hmm. under the public hearing: street, water, sewer, sidewalk, sanitary sewer, Mm -hmm. any of those, and then you could fund those other projects. Or or not, city. Or Or, not, or not, or you you could use them. Use the proceeds to pay debt service.
0: Schultz reemphasized that even if they took out the entire financing, the city would still avoid a jump in its debt service levy as other debts fall off in the coming year. This shows that,
1: including the debt in column P at the full principal amount of 3000007 3, your debt levy in column G uh, is showing a decline going forward over its current level. So again, consistent with the uh, property tax decline that we've been talking about throughout the discussions.
0: Schultz says the council will still have two questions to answer during the hearing next month, particularly regarding the timing and amount of financing. Do you want to do
1: the full 3000007 knowing your levy will be lower, or do you want to pare that back a little bit? And do you want to proceed based on the JEO cost estimate dated October 23rd, or do you want to wait until later?
0: Red Oak Mayor Shauna Silvia says JEO is expected to wrap up surveying for the housing project by the end of the month. This week offered up and down economic news in KMA land. For the third straight month, Creighton University's Rural Main Street Index sank below growth neutral to a three-year low. Based on a survey of bank CEOs in a 10-state region, the November index fell to 40.4, down from 44.4 in October and 49.5 in September. The index ranges between 0 and 100, with a reading of 50.0, representing growth neutral. Speaking on KMA's Morning Line program Monday morning, Creighton University economics professor Dr. Ernie Goss Says a number of factors continue to drive the rural economy down. A lot of
2: that's connected to farm income, which is not as strong now as it was this time last year, particularly on the export side, and also, of course, for Iowa, you got the largest producer of pork in the nation. Pork prices are low, of course, hog prices, and some of the impact of Proposition 12 in California having some negative impacts on the uh, pork producers or and uh, hog producers in the state of Ohio and in, in other states that we survey. In fact,
0: the report indicates banker economic confidence dropped to its lowest level since the survey began in 2006. Goss says bank CEOs are concerned about international economic pressure. Well,
2: certainly the global economy uh, is slowing down. We've got a China in a recession, although Xi Jinping does not call a recession. He doesn't use that word. And of course, uh, we're looking at Europe as well. Uh, not in recession, but certainly close to a recession. Then you've got the strong dollar, which makes our agricultural goods uh, less competitively priced abroad. And then you've got interest rates. Interest rates are much higher of course and that's cutting into the purchase of agricultural equipment.
0: November's farm equipment sales index actually increased slightly to 49.5 from October's 48.0. Goss also points to more hopeful signs. For example, the checking deposit index advanced above growth neutral for the first time since January. Though the stock market recorded its third straight winning week in a row last week, God stresses that Wall Street isn't Main Street.
2: Uh, the economy is just—it's—it's it's being led by about seven uh, hitters, the major hitters like Google, Microsoft, Facebook. Those uh, there are seven of those stocks that have been pushing higher. If you look at the Russell 2000, which is a, of of course made up of a lot smaller businesses, not doing nearly as well. So it's those heavy hitters that are doing really well and pulling up the overall stock indices
0: well, on the positive side iowa motorists found the trip to grandmother's house a little less expensive this thanksgiving AAA iowa's report for this week stated the price of regular unleaded gasoline fell six cents averaging 297 per gallon across the state gas prices in iowa are also down 43 cents from a year ago the national average on wednesday was 330 a gallon down five cents from last week's price Montgomery County officials received some sobering news regarding insurance rates this week. Rick Taylor of Davis Taylor Insurance is the county's appointed representative to the ICAP insurance pool. Taylor informed the county's board of supervisors Tuesday morning it faces an increase of up to 35 percent in insurance rates in 2024. Saying he didn't want to candy coat the situation, Taylor laid out what he called gloomy figures regarding the costs to the county's budget. In uh,
3: 2021 to 22, the ICAP uh, contribution was $110,261. In 2022, the ICAP cap contribution was 134,988. In 2023, it was 168,571, and for this coming year, and I hate to guess at it, but I'm going to say probably is going to be somewhere around 200 to 205,000.
0: Taylor says the increase includes a 2% deductible in wind and hail coverage as opposed to a $5,000 deductible in previous years. He says the series of derechos experienced in Iowa over the past several years is the main culprit behind reinsurance rate hikes. The
3: convection storms in Iowa primarily have been the driving force in these reinsurance changes. The severity and frequency of the convection storms has just been off the chart and reinsurance companies have lost huge money. And this is basically a move for survivors.
0: Taylor adds Montgomery County isn't the only entity facing a huge rate increase.
3: Every county is taking a 30-35% increase. So the counties that haven't had a bad loss ratio, they are also because you're part of this pool. They are also taking the 30 to 35 percent increase in rates and the changes for deductible and the roof uh, actual cash value for roofs over 15 years of age.
0: Supervisors Chair Mike Olson says Montgomery County has had its share of storm damage over the past few years. We were hit twice in, in three years.
2: Correct. Not at, not at the
0: magnitude of the, what was it, 2021 or 2020 or whenever it was, but it was still, it took a lot of bins and and barns. and I mean, that all adds up. And then we lost our
2: cupola up here. That couldn't have been cheap. That had, I mean, a pretty tough place to repair
0: something. And Taylor hopes to have more information plus an ICAP representative before the supervisors at a December meeting. This week marked the 60th anniversary of President John F. Kennedy's assassination. To commemorate the anniversary, KMA News interviewed local residents regarding their memories of that tragic day as part of a special segment on KMA's Morning Line program Wednesday morning. In case you missed it, here is that segment in its entirety. Let's go back to the year 1963.
4: Camelot, Camelot, I know it sounds a bit bizarre.
0: For many Americans living in the early 1960s, Camelot was more than a Broadway play starring Richard Burton. It symbolized a new era in the country, championed by a young, dynamic leader in the White House.
3: Let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century, tempered
0: by war. John Fitzgerald Kennedy, 35th president of the United States, the first chief executive born in the 20th century. Upon assuming the presidency, Kennedy challenged the country. And
3: so my fellow Americans, ask not What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
0: Laying out a bold agenda, Kennedy called for America to reach for the stars. We
3: choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things not because they are easy but because they are hard.
0: Suddenly, on November 22, 1963, as the president and his beautiful wife rode triumphantly in a Dallas, Texas motorcade, Camelot came to a crashing end. If you were in Dallas at around 12:40 that afternoon and had your radio turned to KLIF, you would have heard this. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't.
5: Dallas, three shots reportedly were fired at the motorcade of President Kennedy today near the downtown
0: section. CLIF News is checking out the report. We will have further reports. Stay tuned. Soon, the news out of Dallas spread like a siren call. At KMA in Shenandoah, Tom Beavers was hosting his Midwest Farmer program when he received a startling bulletin from the UPI news rider.
4: Dean Navin broke in the room and handed me a slip of paper And on that slip of paper was the announcement from the Associated Press, and I read it on the air that John F. Kennedy has been shot in Dallas, Texas. More news will follow on ABC. Like
0: other stations, KMA switched to ABC Radio, whose wall-to-wall coverage of the events in Dallas was already underway. Shortly after 1.30 that afternoon, listeners of KMA and millions of others around the country heard ABC anchor Don Gardner report this tragic news. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: the president of the United States is dead of an assassin's bullet in Dallas, Texas. Shot by an assassin while his motorcade was moving along the streets on the outskirts of Dallas. Well, a quarter of a million people lined the streets to cheer his appearance
0: there. The news of Kennedy's assassination sent the country into a period of mourning not experienced since President Franklin Roosevelt's death 18 years earlier. But JFK's death hit the country's younger generation especially hard. Nancy Maher of Shenandoah was a 7th grader at St. Patrick's Academy in Imogene and was in class when the news came to her and fellow students. During
6: that time, it was a normal day, but then all of a sudden, one of the nuns, we were taught by Benedictine nuns, and they walked in their classroom and said, we're so sorry to hear the, the news, to give you the news, that uh, President Kennedy has been shot and killed in Dallas, Texas. And of course, we were all familiar with um, President Kennedy because being in an Irish Catholic community, he was the first president that was elected um, to office as an Irish Catholic. And you know, it's hard to believe during those times, that's all really that was the biggest controversy you could say about the president. So we were so excited that he was elected. So it hit, hit our community pretty hard. Mission
0: Valley High School also received word of the events in Dallas at about the same time. Dale Sanquist was a sophomore in Mr. Morgan's biology class. About
4: noon or sometime, 1230, I forgot, but Mrs. Doubleday, who was the superintendent's wife, she was a teacher in the school, she opened the door and said she was bawling, said the president's been shot, and that's all anybody knew. There was no, you know, there wasn't Instagram and there wasn't all this kind of stuff where there was news as it was happening, she said the president shot. They don't know if he died or whatever, but the president's been shot. So everybody's, you know, first thing, I "I don't know if I cried or not, but it was pretty shocking anyway.
0: Events all across the country were canceled or postponed following the assassination, including one scheduled in Sandquist School. In
4: 1963, hootenannies were popular. So we had this big school program planned for for that night. I think it was on a Friday. The the hootenanny was going to go on. It was singing and dancing and, you know, just high school acting and stuff. Well, they called that off. I mean, everything was called off. Nothing. Nobody. Everybody got home and just was glued to the
0: one TV in their house. Word also reached students at Emporia State University in Kansas, where retired Shenandoah instructor Barb Cunningham was a student.
5: I just remember being on the campus and somebody saying the president was shot. And then I wanted to be at a television set. So, you know, that's what you had to do. And I had a friend that was a college graduate assistant. And so she had a regular apartment and she had a TV. And I called her and I said, can we come over? And she said, sure. So we went over to her apartment. And I remember being laying on the floor watching television. Cunningham
0: says JFK's assassination cast a dark cloud over the entire campus. The
5: mood was very sad, very sad. You know, it's anyway it's kind of like the school shootings to me today when that happens I mean it just hits you really hard.
0: As Saturday moved into Sunday other unbelievable events took place such as the attack on JFK's accused assassin in the Dallas City Jail. Yeah, there is Lee Oswald.
3: He's been shot. He's been shot. shot. Lee Oswald has been shot.
4: There's a the man with a gun. It's absolute panic absolute panic here in the basement of Dallas Police
0: Headquarters. Dale Sanquist was among the millions of Americans watching Jack Ruby shoot and kill Lee Harvey Oswald on live TV.
4: Well it was just stunning it just happened so fast and it was it wasn't a big loud bang you know he just they were parading him through the hallway there to go to the court or go to jail or something and this Jack Ruby just kind of popped out of the crowd and you could see he had something in his hand it was just a little pop and then everybody started screaming of course and running and I don't know if I saw Oswald actually drop, I don't remember the details of that, but it was just murder on TV, basically.
0: On Monday, Americans witnessed the spectacular yet solemn funeral procession for the late president. NANCY MAHER, CERTAIN IMAGES FROM THE FUNERAL CORTEGE ARE ETCHED IN HER MEMORY.
6: I JUST REMEMBER MRS. KENNEDY, HOW STOIC SHE WAS, HOW SHE REPRESENTED HER POSITION and OUR COUNTRY SO WELL, BEING SO BRAVE. I REMEMBER THE TWO LITTLE CHILDREN, HOW awful it was to see them. I think the most memorable was the the horseless rider or the horseless um, without a rider that walked in the parade with the boots turned backwards in the stirrups. That was very impressive because it was such a, a semblance of what had happened.
0: Six decades have passed since that day in Dallas and other tragic events followed in the 1960s and beyond. But the pain remains embedded in those who experienced that dark weekend. For Tom Beavers, there's thoughts of what might have been with a young president who held such promise.
4: All of us were in shock because John F. Kennedy was a young president, one that we were really fascinated with, and his family, Jackie, his wife, and the two children later, but... He was a fascination for us. We expected big things
0: from him. For Barb Cunningham, Kennedy's death meant the loss of hope.
5: We had such high hopes with President Kennedy that was so sad that that hope, you know, that hope was there with him. He really had us. He had it for us. You know, we were going to the moon. We were. He kept us out of the war with Cuba, with Russia, down in Cuba. I mean, there were lots of good things that he had done in the short time that he was president.
0: Regardless of what historians have written about John F. Kennedy's presidency in the years that followed, and the countless theories about the assassination, November 22, 1963 marked the end of a magical time in this country, one we will never experience again.
4: Don't let it be forgot that once there was a spot for one brief shining.
0: And our special thanks to Tom Beavers, Barb Cunningham, Nancy Mayher, and Dale Sanquist for sharing their memories today. This special Morning Line segment is available on our Morning Line page at KMALand.com. We'll also have a special video version of the story online as well. On a happier note, Shenandoah kicks off the Christmas season this weekend with a Yuletide tradition. Tonight is the night the lights come on in Shenandoah. Shelley Warner is marketing director with the Shenandoah Chamber and Industry Association. Speaking on KMA's morning show recently, Warner says activities begin with a joint appearance of Santa and Mrs. Claus from 3 to 5 this evening. We will have our
2: live reindeer,
0: horse-drawn carriage rides again this year, of course
2: music and hot chocolate. Santa and Mrs. Claus will be there for photos and
0: that's kind of our kickoff And then Santa and Mrs. Claus, of course, lead the countdown to the downtown Christmas light activation at 530 this evening. Again, at the Flatiron, spectators are welcome to a soup and pie supper at the Veterans Memorial Museum at 603 West Lowell from 530 to 7 this evening. And then Santa will be at the Everly Brothers Childhood Home every Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. through Christmas. That wraps up this week in KMA Land. (music) Be listening each week at this time for This Week in KMA Land. And for more information all the time, log on to KMAland.com, where you can also hear this program in its entirety. For the entire KMA News team, this is Mike Peterson. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. This week in KMA Land, a presentation of KMA News.